0: Examine tonight why it is appropriate to rejoice in Jesus' death and resurrection on the eve of his birth. I mean, let's be honest, it seems a bit unusual to remember the body and the blood of Jesus on the night before his birthday bash. But the Lord's Supper is for the children of God. And the only way to be a child of God is to be united with God through faith in Christ God's Son. You see, the Bible tells us that the true story of the whole world is that God made a world perfectly suited for mankind to serve Him and enjoy Him, but we sinned. And God tells us that when we sin, anything that we say or we do or think that displeases God, it messes everything up. Because God and sin don't go together. They're like oil and water. They don't mix. So sinful humanity was cast out of the garden and into the wilderness where pleasant tending of the garden became this toilsome work for food by the sweat of our brow, and yet the food never really satisfied. Sin led us out of the garden and away from the favorable presence of God. It led us to physical death, the Bible tells us, and also to spiritual death, where we lived for ourselves. We lived in our own way, not according to God's law, and we delighted not in God, but in making ourselves happy. The Bible tells us that the penalty or the wages, the price of this sin is death. Death came because of sin. But God also made a wonderful promise in Genesis 3.15. Right after Adam and Eve sinned and they fell and they were sent out of the garden, God promised that He would send a son. A son who would be born of a woman. Who would crush the serpent's head and once again place God's people in a world perfectly suited for the worship and enjoyment of God. And in in this moment, the place where this is known is among the people of God, the church of God. And we just sang joy to the world. And we talked about the curse being eradicated. And the place where we know that is true is in the church. And it's why when, when people are displaced from their homes, we want to do something. Because that's the sort of world we're headed toward. We're headed to the sort of world where homes are no more destroyed by fire, where there's no more curse found anymore. And we know that because when God saves us, He gives us the the proof of that by filling us from the inside out with His Holy Spirit. We long for the return of our King and our God. In the Old Testament, the sacrifice of animals reminded God's people that that sin brings death Sin brings death, and that one day God would send a son to be a perfect substitute whose death would kill death forever for those who would trust in him. In other words, the sacrificial system of bulls and goats and calves was anticipatory. It was anticipating a son who would come who would do better than just remind us of our sin and remind us that sin brings death, but who would take away the death that sin brought In our study of the Old Testament book of Ruth, we've been talking about the Redeemer, the price payer, who would come from Bethlehem. And if we had continued reading in Luke chapter 2, you remember that his parents dedicate him at the temple. And Anna, the prophetess, sees him. And do you remember what Anna did when she saw little Jesus? She began to give thanks to God and continued to speak of Him to all who were looking for something in particular. To those who were looking for, get the word, hear the word, the redemption of Israel. They were looking for the payment that Jerusalem could not pay, that they could not pay, that no blood of any goat or calf or lamb could pay. They were looking for who John the Baptist calls the Lamb who would take away the sins of the world. Church, Christmas is not just about a baby laying in a manger. It's about redemption. It's about the price that had to be paid for sin. And the price that had to be paid was death. And it couldn't be the death of any animal. It had to be death paid in the currency of human flesh and blood. You can't go down to Kroger in the United States of America and purchase a Christmas dinner with Chinese currency. You can't purchase redemption with anything else than a human being. Only a sinless man could die in the place of sinners and cancel the death, that, the death of death that we owed. And yet at the same time, we needed someone to give us the righteousness of God. It wasn't enough to be morally neutral. We had to be perfect like our Father in heaven. So God became a man at Christmas to die in our place and to give us his own righteousness. If Jesus is not both fully God and fully man, then no one can be rescued. And you say, well, that's a nice opinion. Where'd you get that from? Hebrews chapter 10. The Bible says it is impossible for the blood of Bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you've taken no pleasure. And then I said, who is this I? It's Jesus. Jesus said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God." That little baby laying in a manger was an emissary sent from heaven who came to do the will of his father so that he would die for you, a perfect righteous sacrifice that he could cancel death for you. That's the miracle of Christmas. Did you catch that, church? God the Son robed himself in our humanity, in a body, because our sacrifices would never do all the families in the Roanoke Valley could lose their homes by fire, and we could furnish them homes and presents and gifts, but it would not atone for one sin against an infinitely holy God. Christmas is about not what we give one another, but about God giving Himself to us as a flesh and blood sacrifice for sin. There's nothing, nothing. Nothing we could do to pay the penalty that we owe God. There's nothing that we could do to ever deserve or earn His favor. God had to pay it. It is a gift from God. Otherwise, our salvation is not of grace. It is something that God has done. There was no other way, no other way for us to have the penalty for our sin paid and have someone qualified to represent us with any chance at all. Before God, the Holy Judge. Listen again to Hebrews. Since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook in the same, that through death he might render powerless, render powerless the one who had the power of death, that is the devil. At Christmas, God sets in motion the plan to cancel the power of Satan. That he might free those that he might free those through who through the fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. You know what's terrifying to the world, church? A people of God who aren't afraid to die for him. We don't need to be afraid of death. God has canceled death in his son. And though we die, when he returns, we will be raised to life evermore with him because of Christmas. In Colossians, Paul puts it this way. He rescued us from the domain of darkness. Satan worshippers is what Ephesians 2 says we was we were. And he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Through him we have, here's that word again, redemption, payment, the forgiveness of sins. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8 says the same thing. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, get this, according to the riches of his grace which he lavished on us. We have freedom from the power and the penalty of sin, victory over death and the fear of death, not because of what we have sacrificed but because we were blessed by God who made himself a sacrifice for our sins this is good news church this is really good news what we could not do God has done in the person of his son this is why Christmas is so special church The everlasting king and the creator of the universe allowed himself to be conceived in Mary's womb so that he could go on to live a perfect life as a man and offer himself as the sacrifice for our sin. And because Jesus is not just a perfect man in our place, but also God in our place, did you know that there's no more sacrificing? I would be remiss if I let you... Partake of the Lord's Supper tonight and think that somehow we were crucifying Christ all over again. Christ has no more need to be crucified. He is now risen and ascended at the right hand of the Father. And we are set apart through the offering of the body of Christ Jesus once for all, Hebrews 10.10 says. I know our our deacons need to make preparations for the serving Lord's Supper. I have just a, a bit more to say, but I want to go ahead and invite our deacons. If you're a deacon planning to serve tonight... Just this brief intermission. You can get up from where you are and you can begin to make those preparations. But tonight we're not sacrificing Jesus. We're celebrating the fact that Christ has already been sacrificed. Tim Keller put it this way. Jesus comes as the light because we're too spiritually blind to find our own way. Jesus became mortal and died because we're too morally ruined to be pardoned in any other way. Jesus gave himself to us, and so we must give ourselves wholly to him. We are, therefore, not our own. You see, church, the sacrifices that we offer are really no sacrifice at all. Yes, we respond to the redeeming grace that we have in Christ by daily presenting ourselves to Him as living sacrifices. But we don't sacrifice to pay for our sins or to get something from God. We've already gotten Jesus. We simply offer Him the lives that He's already given us and we give them back to God in gratitude for what He has done for us at Calvary's Cross. That's why we celebrate the Lord's Supper at Christmas, church. Not to sacrifice Jesus, but to remember His sacrifice. To remember that the payment has already been made. And then to reflect upon the miracle and the wonder of Emmanuel, God with us. God made flesh to live and die and be raised on behalf of all who trust in Him. You see church, the meal that we are about to partake in tonight is free. It's free to anyone who will deny themselves and turn from their sin and take up true life that only comes from Jesus Christ. It's free. It is freely offered. But it is not cheap. It is not cheap. A Sunday school class in our church blessed Stacy and I with gift certificates to Frankie's. Is that what it's called? The steakhouse downtown, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Frankie Rollins. Frankie Rollins. It was incredible. It's the best steak I've ever eaten in my life. And I've been in a lot of good cities and eaten a lot of good steak. That double broiler is amazing. I want one in my home. <laughs> but church, I wanna I wanna guard us. I want I want to caution us tonight. There's a reason that Paul urges us to examine ourselves to see to it that we participate in the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner. It's not that we are worthy. We don't deserve the Lord's Supper. But we don't want to participate in it unworthily in the way that we participate. In other words, we're all sinners. We're all saved by grace. But we don't want to come to it and say, ah, it's just we're all sinners. It's all okay. We We want to come to God's. This evening, we want to say Christmas is amazing that you came to go to the cross is amazing. And because as Titus 2 said, which we read at the beginning of this service says, because the grace of God has appeared to us, bringing salvation to all who trust in him. Then we want to be those who deny ungodliness and worldly desires. We want to be those who live sensibly and righteously and godly in the present age. We want to resolve to be those who are looking for the blessed hope of Christ's appearing. We want to be those who are ever mindful that it is God the Son who came to give Himself to redeem us, to buy us back and purify us as His own people for His own possession, zealous for good deeds. The meal that we are about to enjoy is a reminder of the most expensive meal that we will ever eat. For those who trust in the Lord can feed daily upon the living Lord Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Would you pray with me? King Jesus, we honor you this evening. And God, we confess to you how easy it is to take you for granted. How easy it is, even as we trim the tree and buy the presents and hang the stockings and look forward to a great day of celebrating and eating tomorrow, how easy it is to miss what you did at Christmas. You became the currency to cancel the death of our sin. You became the one who could destroy death by your death. And so God, this evening... We praise you for Christmas. We praise you for sending your son. And King Jesus, we praise you that though creator and Lord of the universe, you came down and for nine months lived in the darkness of Mary's womb, that you might be born and then lived in order to die in atoning death in our place and be raised to give life to all who would trust in you. God, I pray tonight. That if there's any man or woman or boy or girl who has not received the gift of life through Christ the Son that they could never earn on their own, that tonight would be the night. That they would bow the knee of their heart and surrender themselves to you and enjoy forever the life that Christ gives. I ask it in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen.